Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Elm City Lit Fest podcast. Elm City Lit Fest is a celebration of African-American literature, literary artists, and literary arts of color. We are um, proud, uh, we are sponsored by Social Venture Partners of Connecticut. I am Ife Michelle Gardine, founder of, Lit, of Elm City Lit Fest this evening. We have a dis we're having a discussion with black men, creatives, educators, and poets about the events of racism against black men in America, not only this week, but traditionally, and how they cope, how they persevere and move through their educational process as well as themselves as black men. Our first one of, first guest is Don Sawyer. Don is vice president for equity and inclusion, chief diversity officer of Quinnipiac University in Hamden, Connecticut. Welcome Don. Next we have Devon Glover, sonnet man. Devon is a teacher, rapper, poet, playwright and actor from Brooklyn, New York. He performs Shakespeare sonnets through hip hop as a sonnet man in schools and theaters worldwide. We have Josh Brown, an urban nerd. Josh has been writing and performing for the past 10 years. The purpose of his art is to show your gift is not your own. And of last but not least, we have Frederick Douglass Knowles. Frederick is an educator, activist, and fervent, fervent achieving community augmentation through literary arts. He is the inaugural poet laureate for the city of Hartford and associate professor of English at Three Rivers Community College in Norwalk, Nor Norwich, Connecticut. Thank you. Um, welcome all of you to this um, discussion this evening. Thank you. Um, uh, Ife, I'm sorry, can I just make one announcement that um, yeah. our guest uh, Josh Brown here is the uh, the new uh, New London poet laureate just appointed um, a few weeks ago? So yes, brother. I am remiss for not mentioning much that. Appreciated, much appreciated. I'm remiss for not mentioning it. Thank you. Um, but I wanted we wanted to have, um, and we're going to be joined by Sean McAllister, who is one of the, our program coordinators for Elm City Lit Fest. Hey, Sha. Hello, hello. So um, yeah, our, our this conversation, because um, we felt that we wanted to pull together some brothers that were um, uh, educators and um, mostly, most of you are educators at predominantly white institutions. <laughs> um, but um, how, 
is so hard. This is this is we want to talk about how you cope with your your students during incidents like these, um, and yourselves, and how you maintain yourselves as well as how you support young black men that are your students, um, as well as some other things. So um, I'd like to start with, with Don, because Don's done a few things. Um, I mean, thank you for having me here this evening. I, I mean, I think part of it is I, I learned to kind of like take care of myself in these moments. Uh, I, I think it was probably back in, I don't know, 2015, 2016, I can't remember. There've been so many incidents, but I believe it was when brother Philando Castile was, was killed in the car and, and seeing that video and just remembering the tightness in my chest because I, I didn't plan to see it. I was just scrolling, right? And the tightness in my chest, like the, the change in my breathing and my heart rate racing, right? And so realizing that I was experiencing vicarious trauma, um, it was something that made me decide to, you know, to stop watching these videos that people are, are sharing um, that, you know, just show black death. And, and so part of it is, you know, taking care of myself and then also talking with, you know, students who, you know, use a lot of social media and are posting these videos because they want people to know. But I think you can get people in the know and to care without necessarily always showing these videos. Uh, I think it's important for us to kind of check out uh, because these things impact us, even though they're not necessarily happening to us. We still are impacted by seeing these things on a daily, daily basis or repeated cycle. So I've just kind of stepped away from watching those videos and ask you know, my students to do the same. And the last thing I'll say is, I think it's important at these times, when I'm talking with my students, to not equate blackness with suffering because they're not the same thing. Suffering may be a part of our experience, but suffering, it's not who we are. Like being black, at least for me as a black man, is, is more expansive than any of the suffering that I have experienced or my ancestors or my family um, has, has experienced. So I just try and do that to kind of keep that at the forefront um, and in the midst of that finding joy. Thank you. Um, Frederick, I'd like to hear from you next. Yeah, um, wow. You know, I, um, yeah, I, I still struggle with in, internalizing, um, you know, what's happening to our brothers and sisters, you know, at this point. And, um, you know, as, as far as my, my students go and so forth, you know, teaching at a predominantly white institution, you know, I take a humanistic approach you know, to, to find some sort of empathy with them. Because unfortunately in our country, um, as the brother was saying, black is equivalent with suffering, you know, in the eyes of, of um, European Americans, Euro, Eurocentric America. Um, and that's not our full narrative. And so in order to sometimes even to get them to not just listen, but to, to, to uh, out to think um, as us, as, as, as humans, you know, um, to view us as, like really, really view us as humans, you know, 
um, not as black people, but as humans, right? I have to take that humanistic, empathetic approach and really use logic from their own Eurocentric history to try to crack that door open, you know? Um, and then once, once they're able to see that, and it's like, so what, what I'm saying is, is that an example that I use is that there's, there's no human behavior that is um, a sole characteristic of race, right? So it's not just black people doing these, committing these behaviors or these stereotypes and so forth or, or, or other nationalities, right? They're human behaviors and you can't eradicate a human behavior, right? It, it can't be eradicated. So, but what we can do is once those, be, what society is supposed to do is when those behaviors are committed, right? Is that we have a, a system that holds those humans who practice those inhumane behaviors accountable. And once the, and if the accountability is not there, right? As a humanistic whole, then we have a problem. And what you see, what, what European America sees is that a particular group of Americans, in this case, right, you know, African-Americans, Afrocentric Americans and so forth, right, are being systematically brutalized without any accountability. And so now flip the coin, if that was you, what type of accountability would you want to, to, to uh, be upheld? And so it's, it's you know, it's, it's very challenging. Very, very challenging. Because I have to keep, I, there's a part of me that I have to, my personal ideologies as, as an educator and so forth, they're, 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 they're not ethically supposed to come out into the classroom and so forth because I'm teaching critical thinking. So I can't teach my students to think how I think and feel how I feel, right? But there's also messages in there that, you know, to benefit human society that, that, that need to be, um, you know, spoken and addressed. Thank you. Um, Devon, next, please. You unmute yourself. Uh, to to work under um, the past uh, year and a half has been sort of challenging um, with 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 me and and trying to get my students to share their you know share their, their opinions one in addition because i don't want to you know whenever i you know whenever we always leave our we always have like a forum and open discussion based on current events and i don't want to like um similar uh to frederick i don't want to like you know spill my opinions over to my students and have them you know share my thoughts but um also at the same time you know i do want them to speak their mind and um it's always based on like uh you know the theaters you know I, I get hired by different theater companies and depending on the theater company you know that's it depending on the theater company and their mission or what they're trying to do i have sometimes i might have to like walk the line you know um and uh and i'm a, I, I must say it you know that uh, luckily you, I, the students have been able to to share their thoughts that you know i i have worked in a, a couple of places where there was it was an open forum and students were able to say you know share whatever they they felt it was very diverse in a very open space but then there's been situations where i have done like a workshop 
where there's only been like one or two uh, students uh, POC, and they, you know, they um, would reach out to me privately and you know share their thoughts, but they didn't want to. You know, I'm trying to get them to write current events and through poetry, but they don't want to share their um, their thoughts. And I would, you know, I, I would share my experience because this has been happening for years. Like I remember incidents that that have happened when I was in college, and I was I had you know in a poetry class, and then when I shared my thoughts on whatever situation, I was labeled like the angry black man, and um, you know, and it's because that's just a stereotype, but. You know, I, I try to tell I try to tell my students, you know, not to be afraid. I, I guess, you know, I, I have that that mindset to just not being afraid to to share your thoughts and you know, not being afraid of, you know, any opinions of, of, about you. If if you are confident with what you're writing, then um, you know, put it on the page. That has cost me. I, I think it has cost me a couple of not not cost me a couple of jobs, but um I have been talked to, I have been you know. I have had meetings, discussions about what what students have been sharing, and um, because and, and this is not just POC. I mean, students, you know, students that 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 feel the pain that is you know going on and, and sharing what you know if they think a certain race is right or a certain race is being oppressed, and if they if they say their their piece, there's been some some eyebrows raised during showcases. Um, there have been you know I've had. I've had talks and whenever a student shares, you know, whether no matter how I I pop and I catch and I let them go with whatever they write and I just take the brunt, you know, I just take whatever from the higher ups. But I, I, I try to get my students to, to say whatever they feel whenever I am the teacher. But the, the past year, especially, you know, in June and, you know, and the, the events that happened in Minnesota um, in late June when, when I my first residency where I had students sharing sharing their thoughts in front of their parents who had no idea that their late that their children thought about this. I was getting calls about I was getting complaints because these students were sharing their, their thoughts. And if I didn't um you know they, they wanted me to like talk to the students and tell them, you know, tell them to censor themselves, but that's not art. So we we have there's been a there's been a couple of standstills with me. Um, which I don't mind, um, as long as I get my students to to share. But I, I totally understand. It's definitely been difficult for this past year. But I am so open for the challenge to get my students to to um, you know get their voices heard, and they have the platform to do it. And um, I, we we we're, we're getting younger. Um, the students are getting um, the voices are getting younger and younger with sharing you know sharing their thoughts, and that people are listening to these young students. So I tell them. If you have a platform and you got the talent, keep keep sharing. You know, I will. You know, I'll be all right. But don't don't you know hide your your opinions and your feelings. And I just take whatever happens at the end. So, yeah. Josh. Yeah. So. Um, I'm definitely going to echo some of what was said by the brothers before me, but um, it's been tough. You know, I, I teach high school, um, specifically I teach engineering and, and science classes. So, um, you know, I, I find myself throwing stuff out the window. Like, it's hard for me to talk about, you know, robotics right now 
when half the class is out marching, you know? And definitely when they start asking me questions, I think like was echoed with um, Frederick, it's hard not to give your personal opinion. Um, and you have that difficult task of trying to walk that line. Um, but I, I, you know, I try to be as honest as possible. I try to be, you know, very transparent about how I feel and talk about, you know, how some of the average people view what's going on. Um, I, I specifically think of one instance when, you know, there was major Black Lives Matter protests um, and I had a fellow, I, we were on a call um, where teachers were trying to recognize that students needed a place to talk. So we were on this, this open call for students and I, another teacher's call compared the protests to temper tantrums. And I just remember being on the call in the most professional way, trying to disagree with this other teacher, that this is a grown adult comparing, you know, protests of, of someone dying to a toddler throwing carrots on the ground. And I think that those are the, the frustrating conversations of, um, you know, your students are listening and paying attention. And, you know, they, they really remember what you say while you're in these conversations or when you ask them, when they ask these tough questions. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I always find it, it's more important than whatever lesson I came up with. Um, and, you know, like, like I said, I really do try to make sure they understand that, you know, the, the legacy of blackness is not suffering. Uh, and though you can watch, you know, through history where we've come from, I always tell them that, um, I've heard a good quote saying that history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. Um, and though there's a different type of oppression that they can look back and see that there's a history of this um, and that I still try to give my students the, the decency of, of treat, talking to them like adults, as well as providing tools of how they can educate themselves, how they can be more active within um, the city, um, how they can go to more board meetings, how they can express their, their concerns. Um, and I, what, what gives me energy when I'm exhausted and I don't feel like being the, the typical black person to talk about this um, is seeing the students get active and watching the students push back and um, voice their concerns. Cause like, like brother Devon said, sometimes I am that teacher that I'm like, you know, I'll take the blunt if anything, cause I'm just reiterating what students are saying. And how are you gonna get upset about the students, you know, voicing their opinions? Um, so yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and I believe Shaw has some questions. I do, I do. I first wanna say thank you brothers for joining us. We have you here, you know, we definitely appreciate the time. We don't have you here talking about anything light, right? We're not usually talking about literature or rap or hip hop as we would genuinely like to gather. So I, we're grateful for you coming here and being transparent and sharing with us and where we're about to go. Cause we in the space, we 20 minutes in and we in the space, right? So while we're here, let's talk about some things and let's also make sure we put solutions in this because we're not just going to sit in this trauma. That's not just what's going to happen, but it does need to be addressed. And I want to give you brothers your flowers because each one of you have said that you've taken the brunt of it. 
for your students. You have had to recognize that your students need a space and an outlet. It's very naive and it's very, I would say, disrespectful to censor, censor students and to give them be like, you're having a temper tantrum? How dare you? you? How dare you tell me that? Because he was 13, okay? There's, age don't matter here. Age, gender, it don't matter. Anybody could get it. They said it, they mean it, they show us that anybody could get it. Whether you're in the army, whether you're a cop, whether you're a lawyer, anybody could get it. So with that being said, if anybody could get it, anyone has to be prepared. And they know what's up. Students aren't stupid. They're young, the youth are literally little people. They know exactly what's going on. They're peeping what's going on. And you brought up a great point, Josh. It's, how can you teach robotics when all this is happening? Because they're not even tuned in. They don't want to talk about it. So we got to talk about what they want to talk about. Yes, your teachers, your educators, you have classes, whether it's creative writing or critical thinking, whatever you're teaching, sociology. But you're a teacher at the end of the day. You've all taken some sort of oath to educate. And it may not be robotics today. It may be like, this is what you got to do if this happens to you. It's upsetting that we are in this same pattern. And I never thought about it as a rhyme that struck me that hits different because each each generation has an oppression. But we we see the beat. The beat's getting louder. It's the bass is getting deeper. It's getting it's hitting a lot hard. Folks are getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. But one thing I wanted to uh, start off by asking you, brothers, is. What do you, how can, what are some, not tips, but how can you tell folks how to manage when you come into this disrespect of power, when you have someone abuse their power and it's, folks know that it's being abused and dealing with that as a man, because LitFest, we, we have a, a diverse team. There are men in our staff, but we brought you brothers to here because we understand the platform. We have a, somewhat of a, we have a platform that we're growing. So this is really to provide a space to open, to chat, to chop it up and to talk about these things. So how, what can you tell a young brother who is dealing with this, the, the disrespect of this abuse of power and how to channel that? Cause it, it's automatically enraging, right? You can get a definitely reactionary. I can't personally, watch it like I've they've gotten me because I've had to see a scrolling by mistake or I watch it because this brother whoever whoever whatever happened to that person deserved for someone to know their story but it's heartbreaking to know that you can be sleeping somebody can shoot you in the back and they can leave then they can lock up your boyfriend it's upsetting to know that you can get shot with a water gun that you could be sitting on your couch eating ice cream someone could come in your house and shoot you that automatically causes a reaction because now it's now this is a by any means necessary now i have to show that you have to stop disrespecting me but it's a trap a lot of these things are double-edged swords that we can that we find our people in so what do you do with that that anger that 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 fear i would say infuriation may not be a word but that fire that you feel what are some things you can tell young? How how do you all manage that fire? Um, wow, yeah. Well, I I mean, definitely, I manage the fire through through artistry, um, you know, through activism. But you know, what I would say to to young brothers um, and sisters 
who look like me, who are enduring this like me and so forth, is one, we definitely need a, a support system. Um, you definitely need um, an outlet or, or at least someone to talk to about the frustrations, you know, first and foremost. I mean, that's most important. And, and whoever that person or group of people may be, and they do not have uh, an individual or, or an environment or a platform to, to help them express themselves, to, to you know, seek one out, um, you'd be more than happy to contact me. Uh, if anything, if I could be a listening ear, you know, I'll, I'll definitely do that. And, you know, on top of that, you know, finding a healthy outlet, you know, support system, finding a healthy outlet. And then, you know, social constructive philosophies what I teach. And, you know, basically it's, it's getting where you fit in. And so, you know, take your block, you know, take your brick and, and get in where it fits in. And it's going to take some time to fit it in. You know, it may not, it's like a puzzle piece. It may not fit here. It may not fit here, but you are a piece of the puzzle. You are a brick in that wall. As Pink Floyd songs references, you are a brick in that wall. And, you know, um, take your brick and, and, and place it in that, and into that wall. And, and the last thing that I'll, I'll say is, you know, with, with, with my own frustration, you know, writing it is, is it helps, but it doesn't, it's not the full solution. Um, I know that we have to look towards, we have to use the same weapons of warfare that are being used against us. And those are the psychological weapons of warfare. You know, that's not the physical weapons of warfare. I'll just say real quick with the Black Panther Party, you know, Dr. King used to sit down with them all the time and they would chop it up and still they call Michael, Michael and Snick and they all would chop it up over, over meals. And, you know, the Panthers were always trying to get King to, to join you know, armed resistance and so forth. And King broke it down one day. He was just like, you know, um, your your movement is is armed resistance and so forth. And he's like, well, where do you where do you think you're getting your guns from? So how are you going to you know overtake someone with arms? The person who's supplying you with the arms, you know. Um, and so it's a psychological you know warfare, and, and and we have to learn and flip and use the weapons that are you being used against us. I know it's easier said than done, um, but you know we're lost children of the diaspora, and our numbers. We, you know, if if it was going to be a, a physical revolution, you know, the founding forefathers said, it was it uh, Franklin? You know, we need a revolution every once in a while. You know, overthrow the government and so forth. Okay, yes, we, you know, but it, it can't be a physical one, not, not for us, because we don't, we don't have the numbers. We don't have the resources at, at all. So, you know, any, any arm resistance would, would be just met with, with uh, even greater force, the biggest military capital in, in the world. Um, but we have to study, you know, we have to study their game um, and we need more warriors to do so. I mean, one of the things, um, real quick, that I think it's important is that specifically for me and, and, and for students, you know, my kids, whatever, it's important to know that there's nothing wrong with you, right? That there's, there's literally nothing wrong with you. You are not a problem. The problem lies within the system, right? But the way that it's set up is it's set up to the point where we start to internalize these false notions of who we are as if we are inherently the problem and, and that is, and, and that is not the case. And, you, you know, shout out um, to the brother Josh. I mean, I, I wrote it down in my notebook, like history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. It's like, 
And it just blew my mind, right? And, and thinking about it, like the, the, the different forms, it, because it makes me think about placing this in context. It's one of the other things that I talk with my students about, you know, placing things in context um, and, and thinking about what our ancestors did, you know, what happened during the civil rights movement, the black power movement, what can we learn from there? But what can we also do differently, right? Because I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking that there's only one way to bring about a revolution. Um, and as the brother was just talking about is that it's not, we're not gonna be overthrowing the government, right? And so part of it is, is, is thinking about what are our spheres of influence, right? We need people who are sending the messages through the classroom, like a lot of the brothers on here are doing. We need people who are in, in the government. We need people who are in the streets. And we need people to infiltrate all of these systems in order for us to kind of move forward and understand how do we impact our sphere of influence. Um, one of the most influential things that, that I that I watched um, and read was, you know, Sam Greenlee's piece about the spook who sat by the door, right? Like, how are we spooking, right? Like, how are we who get into these spaces? How are we using the information that we gain to teach and educate the other people that who may not necessarily have access to the spaces that we have access to? And so I think that that's part of it as well. And one of the things that scared the hell out of the system, specifically when we think about the Black Panther Party, is when you see little black and, and brown boys and girls eating breakfast in this space, talking about I'm a revolutionary, right? Talking about like how they see themselves, right? The biggest thing that struck the fear was an enhanced sense of racial and self pride. Like that's dangerous to them. Right? They weren't they weren't a, a, afraid of the the warfare because they knew they could squash it, right? It was the enhanced sense of self-pride that scares the hell out of people, that scared the hell out of people during that time. And so that's why different parts of our culture have been disrupted. Why is it that hip hop has gotten co-opted, right? When you, when you think about you know, the messages that came through hip hop and still do, I mean, you gotta find your own music and curate it, but it's this enhanced sense of self-pride that scared the hell out of people. When you felt like you're not going to take anything, and you felt that you know you are powerful, and you know you you strengthen and develop your mind and learn the practices of of resistance, I think that's what scared people. And so I think we we have to continue that work of educating the masses, spooking, and thinking about ways in which that we bring about you know change in our spheres of influence. I think one thing that you know I keep trying to tell other teachers and I feel like you know I don't really have to reiterate this with the brothers on this call is that you know the this current generation needs to listen to the younger generation um, because I think there's a real um, disservice that we do to the youth when we don't listen to them and that's why brother Devon is taking that risk that's why we all take the risk to, to listen to our students and 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 you know advocate for them um, because you know, just like Don was saying, there's a different way to go about, you know, revolution now for this youth. And a big aspect of that, I think about when um, the students were, all the, all the youth were on TikTok and they, they bought up or they registered a bunch of tickets for, um, you know, the, the past president's um, rally and no one showed up. And that in itself is, it seems like they were playing, but that's an act of revolution in itself. This youth, these youth coordinated away to you know, disrupt the system, and you know, in that you see retaliation against TikTok and everything else. But that's something that's so simple but so profound how they moved as a unit. Um, 
I think what I try to tell my students too is that um, to similar to what Frederick said, find what you're good at, find where you, where you can do that work and, and, and you know, put that work in, whether it, wherever it is on the wall, um, whether it's handing out, passing on info, you know, that can be just so crucial to do that. Um, and so when my students are talking about marching or talking about, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not gonna stop you from doing anything, but I'm gonna try to, you know, give you as much info so that you can do it safely, you know? So I always reiterate them to make sure that they, their parents or guardians know where they're at, make sure that other people know where they're at, because there is strength in numbers, make sure that everyone's recording. Um, you know, those are just basic things that I, I try to reiterate to them. Um, and that there's, there's other ways of being activated, um, which is, you know, having all the students show up to a board meeting, um, you know, going to a town hall meeting, um, getting involved with, with orgs that, that are doing the work. Um, because, you know, like, like Don was saying, there's nothing scarier than a bunch of people that are, you know, self-advocating, that are proudly black and that are sitting on the business call with you you know, cause they're gonna hold you accountable. And then you're gonna have to see them in your classroom on Monday. And it changes a lot of conversations when, you know, you are present at these convos. Um, cause we know just like everybody else, there's a lot of decisions that get made behind closed doors. Um, and there's tables that, you know, we get, we get kind of invited to, but they don't really want us there. Um, but when we show up in numbers, you know, you'll start seeing things like, oh, we're not taking, you know, questions from the audience because they recognize the power that uh, that we have when we come into that room. Um, so I always try to reiterate that. Um, and uh, one big thing that I tell my students too, um, I think Don might have said this earlier, is to unplug because there is so much trauma that we, we see we don't recognize in movies and TV shows, when they talk about just, you know, the the Netflix, um, you know, black section, half the movies are, are, are black trauma, are black, and even the horror has twisted it into a black trauma, where, you know, it could be a lesson of, you know, you know, how we can improve, or it could just be just a horror movie, just to be horror about black trauma. So it is important to unplug, um, cut off your phone, not watch that video, um, and take the time that you need um, because we don't even recognize it when, you know, we get the heart tensing up and our body reacting to things. It's not healthy for us to see it this often. I think everything was said. I've been taking notes. Um, but to add on, I, I, I'm sort of similar with everybody. Um, I like to install uh, confidence and encouragement uh, to my students, depending on whatever method that they use to um, express their feelings, express their thought. With me, is you know, I like to use artistry. Um, I'm a man that likes to write, put it to song, and and you know, march, do a video, try to you know, do something. Um, I, whenever a student is you know trying to set up a, a, a panel, a program for their school to to get it to get more students connected i you know try my best to to help out and also try to find try to connect them to other students that are doing the same uh and i also in in addition to getting students to unplug i also um encourage them to do their own studying 
not just a plug, but you know, do 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 your own, you know, due diligence. Don't don't get all the information from the news or the internet or from a documentary. With documentaries are great. Documentaries are great, but documentaries are short. So, you know, documentaries are based on like a, a long book. So pick up that book or pick up those books that are based on that documentary and do your own due diligence um to it. And I also like to show them examples because again, we you're right, you know, we're in the technology, the world is technology. The the youth runs, they run this. Okay. So I, I like I was, you know, when I when I went on TikTok, that was amazing to me. And that's just one incident, that's just one event that they've done that like affected society. So I, I try to show them different different examples that that um peers their age or fellow students their age has has done to 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 help um to help rally and to help you know get you know get a whole new support system and get help um from uh, I I'm, I was living in Tallahassee when um when there was like there was a, a a huge rally I actually lived right like two blocks away from the Capitol building when the high there was a group of high schools in Florida they they did a march up in um right at the Capitol to 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 speak to the governor and tell him to to ban the the um, selling of guns at you know because there was so many there was like there was like a shooting every other week and they they would that was ran by students i mean granted you know based on the us they all about guns but that's a step because we weren't even talking about you know there was there was not even like the opinion of trying to get i mean there was always that opinion but it took it took a the youth the voice of the youth for that to be put to the forefront um and and even though there was like school shootings and everything it, it took that voice to put to put it to the forefront and put more attention to it so so i let them know that you know they with with words with with voice and finding their own support system finding their being able to collaborate because it wasn't just one high school it was you know it, it started one high school but then many students began to join in and and that's what that's how that rally started but it all started from the internet it all started from you know all the friends and social media how, how they connected so i show them examples from that um and yeah i i try to i try to um you know give them let them know that their voice yeah you have a voice you know don't don't let anybody don't let you know a, a teacher or somebody uh censor your voice so i you know and i i'm not sure unfortunately um i don't I'm not like a teacher every day. I'm a more of a guest artist, so I get brought in, and you know I, I have whether it's an hour or a week, I have that link to install to instill confidence in them. But I also try to you know address the teachers while I'm there, like you know let your students you know give, give your students the the freedom to to share their thoughts and, and speak their mind. Um, it, so far, it's been good, you know, getting students to to, to share and and work, but I mean, I still, I still got much, much more work to do. The, 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 the top. I'm glad I went last because the, the, the thoughts and and um, things that y'all have said, I've written down. <laughs> Not planning on trying to instill that into my. I mean, I, I've had the same, the similar, the similar uh, process of, uh, of you guys, but um, I want to get more in depth in you know the way students should share more. Um, especially, I, you know, I only have like an hour or two working with each student and um, I try to get them to, you know, 
do it on their off time. Don't, don't do it while you're in school. You know, if, if you're really about this, if you're really for it, you know, it, this this is a 24-7. Not, this, this, this is after school thing. This is an after hour thing or extra hour thing. I want to say 24 hours because sometimes you do need to unplug. You will, you know, you, you have to unplug sometimes or you go up the deep end. But, um, you know, let them know that put in that extra effort if you want your voice to be heard as well. So uh, we have a, a comment question in the um, Facebook chat. It says, um, have we spoke about why and how hip hop was founded and how that was in a revolutionary act in and of itself? And um, I, I'd like to, uh, any of you to address that, all of you. <laughs> you can. I mean, I mean Thank you, Kevin Walton. I mean, I think just real quick, and I'm sure the other brothers are going to chime in on this, but I, I once heard that people, someone say that the, the system, our society should be grateful that hip hop was created at that point in time, right? Because when we talk about the disenfranchisement of, of those spaces, if we, if we focus on the South Bronx, New York City at that time, um, but if we think about what was happening in black communities, black and brown communities across the nation, they're lucky that hip hop was what was founded as opposed to some other type of, of, of revolution. And so, and that's the thing when we talk about hip hop, like it's, it's, it's pop culture now, it goes across the globe. But one of the things that I've seen, no matter what part of the globe that I've been to, there's a form of hip hop that's there and it's tied to the people and it's tied to resistance, right? And so I think that's the piece that we have to think about. Of course, you know, we get, you know, taken aback by, you know, what we see in the popularized versions of, of hip hop. But when we understand the foundational principles of the culture, it was founded out of a space of resistance, right? And so that's the piece that I think that it's important that we that we stick to and stay true to when we talk about like this art of, of the culture, like hip hop is a form of resistance and it has always been. Yeah. Um... I mean, hip hop was, you know, was birthed. I mean, we're, 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 we're post, I'm a post civil right baby. And, you know, I believe brother Don is as well. And, you know, and it was, it was birthed, you know, on the backs of the, you know, one of the most significant historical, I'll say 30 years Right, if we go like mid, if we go mid, uh, maybe maybe uh, you know, maybe 25, 30 years. If we go like late forties or into the late seventies and so forth, um, and you know, after I was born in seventy three, and by the time I was born, everybody was dead. They killed everybody. They assassinated everybody. King Evers, Malcolm X, Bobby Kennedy. Um, his, his, his brother, the JFK, you know, the Fred Hampton, the movie just came out and so forth, you know, I mean, they did literally, and, and the countless other, uh, brothers and sisters whose lives are lost, you know, um, as a result of, of speaking out, you know, and so we, we had, we, we had no, we had no voice, um, you know, and of course there was a generation gap because there's always the, there's going to be a generation gap because nobody nobody wants to be like their parents. Like you know, if it's cool to the parents, then it's not cool to to, to the youth. That's that's why we switch things up. 
you know, when the parents get hit, we're like, oh, no, nah, no, nah. it's time to switch the game. So we, you know, we follow, we may follow some of the principles, but we're not following the exact blueprint. And I think that's where the, the, the generation gap in communication comes from. Cause you know, parents are like, well, you, you know, you did like this and, and we're just like, but we ain't trying to do like you. And so, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't have a voice until hip hop was born. I like what Don said, like they, they are real lucky that, you know, uh, you know, brown black folks chose, you know, that medium of expression. But my point is, is that, um, as he was saying earlier too, there was an element from, we, we took the corner, a cornerstone, right? We took cornerstones from, from post-civil rights era, from King and X and so forth. And those were the, the, the building blocks, right? To, to hip hop culture, you know, with, with uh, Public Enemy and, and KRS and so forth and, you know, Rockham and Tribe Called Quest. I mean, pretty much all through like the, the, the mid eighties, early, early eighties to, to the um, mid nineties, you know, the golden era of hip hop, roughly the, the years vary, vary, depends on who you talk to. But my point is, is that that's how I knew about, you know, that's, that's when I really, you know, first heard Dr. King's voice, you know what I mean? Um, I knew who he was and so forth and had heard the Have a Dream speech, but you know, it was like, yo, who's putting King's voice and Malcolm X's voice to music and, and, and to, to, to rhymes and so forth? It was just like, whoa. And, um, you know, we just need to, um, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's the, we polish the cornerstones I mean, you don't replace cornerstones. That's why they call cornerstones, you know, um, revisit the cornerstones. Um, and so for this generation of, of, of the youth in hip hop culture, just to take a piece, not, not the same exact blueprint, right? Because the hip hop I vibe to, you're not gonna vibe to, and I, I don't want that generational gap to even get wider. I'm gonna respect your differences. You know, I'm gonna respect who you listen to and so forth, but if you can take something Right, more than just the beat and the and, and the poppy lines and so forth that Don was talking about the pop culture aspect and and use those cornerstones, you know, to uh, build your own fort. Um, and that's what hip hop continuously can do um, globally. If we go and look globally at other countries who have taken our cornerstones, man, and uh, you know, haven't forgotten them. You know, we I don't think we've forgotten, but you know, the limelight has been, you know, it's not sensationalizing, it's sensationalizing, you know, uh, trivial juvenile lyrics and, and hooks and gimmicks and so forth. And those are cool, you know, it's fun to have and so forth, but those cornerstones, man, uh, are, are very important. So um, let's not forget them. Um, there you go. Um, I was lucky, lucky enough to have a mother that listen to hip hop, you know, I got my hip hop name from Public Enemy, Welcome to the Terror Dome, T-Dome, and um, listening to the likes of NWA uh, share their share their um, experiences in, in Compton. Um, and, and, and so that, that was my influence of writing poetry and expressing your thoughts. And one of the, one of the reasons why I actually, you know, kept working with Shakespeare is the similarities with him and his time when he would, he was trying, you know, they were trying to censor him and he was able to still express his thoughts. And even though they were trying to censor him, he made it happen. And that's sort of what I feel like with hip hop. There was, there's so many times that 
hip hop is they tried to ban hip hop and it wasn't, you know, and I, from what I've seen, you know, you see on TV, they try to ban hip hop because they think it's sex and money. But what I heard, you know, the songs that I've listened to, they all had a message. They talked about Fred Hampton. Like I, I learned about the Black Panthers through hip hop. I, I learned about MLK through hip hop. Um, and, and as, you know, I got older, it um, evolved from NWA to, to Common and The Roots. And um, now for, for the younger generation is J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. So um, when I work with students, they, they already know, you know, we, we, we play with age, but I, I always introduce, you know, I try to share. So I try to, you know, once they, they give me their new music, their new artists, I'd let them know where, where they got their, their beginning from. This is where hip hop started from. And this is how you got to this artist that you are trying to present to me. So um, whenever we're doing workshops, um, it's usually, you know, we usually breaking down a song that has a, a wonderful message that we can break, we, we can um, talk about and, and, and discuss and something's dealing with current events. Um, but, it, you know, I, I try to tell them, you know, I, I, I go back as far as the last poets when I like to share, um, uh, share with students and, and lyrics. And I like to share like old griots um, with them um, just to, just to show them that, the, the power of speech, um, even though um, even though uh, MLK's um, "I Have a Dream" speech is not in verse or hip hop, there's so many different literary devices that he uses to connect to his students. There's, there's um, Malcolm X used to use couplets um, to connect to his I said students to connect to his audience. Um, so uh, you know, I, I like to I like to share share different literary devices that we as MCs or rappers use that also poets and speakers use in, in the same vein to connect to their to connect to their community. And that's that's sort of what I, I felt with when I heard hip hop, because that's when I, you know, I, I didn't I wasn't. I mean, I was only in like third or fourth grade when I was listening to N.W.A. and stuff, but I wasn't that, you know, I wasn't thinking about or um, the the what what the the relationship between cops and and people of color until I heard nine one one is a joke, or or until I heard uh, express yourself from NWA to hear the stories that they they had or to hear uh, uh, to hear about um, the incident from Rodney King from a Jay Z who usually does pop, you know I mean at the time does does something he he usually doesn't talk about you know incidents like that so. Um, you know, I, I try to I try to use those incidents to show 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 you know this this is the use of hip hop, and um, it, it, it I, I tell them that this is the reason why hip hop had is not going to be able, it's not going anywhere, and I, I show them this is the reason why hip hop is they've been trying to censor hip hop because they hip hop is opening the pages. We there's no there no there no uh, closed pages um history pages you know when that's discussing hip-hop we, we're opening up everything and letting everything be be seen so um that's sort of what i try to break down whenever discussing you know the the, the revolutionary um act of hip-hop man i one i just love this conversation number one so i always appreciate it when um i can just be in a room with other brothers and um just like you were saying, Devon, I've been taking notes too. Uh, so whenever I think about 
hip hop. And I do the same thing on Fridays. I play music and I ask, I let the students put me on and then I can do the same Thai, maybe different influences, influences, different areas. Cause even different areas has, you know, their own version, just like Don was saying. And it is a form of resistance. I think it's also a form of storytelling. We've always been a people that, that love to tell our stories. Um, and then even in those stories, you could be giving deliveries and um, giving messages of um, escape routes, you know, follow the drinking gourd. You just think that they are singing, they're also giving directions on how to go out. So um, I always love that our music is so complex. And, you know, that I think that's another reason why it's always so resisted because we have just that complexity with, within our music and our influence. Um, and when you, you're thinking about um, a majority of the hip hop artists, they're, they're verbal documentaries of what they observe happening. Um, so when you hear, you know, the opposition that the NWA got and you hear them trying to just talk about gangster rap and what they're talking about, and he's like, well, I'm a product of my environment. I'm telling you exactly what's happening. And if you don't like what I'm talking about, then you need to be seeing what's going on in my neighborhood. But, you know, it's always the, it's easier to address how the message is delivered um, instead of addressing what's the issues that they're talking about. And I think that same thing when I hear, you know, even now, um, I don't care what my students play. I'm like, you know, as long as it's censored, edited, I could care less because it's a form of expression. Um, and sometimes, you know, some songs come slip through, but that's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna block those either because again, it's a form of expression. So when you even are talking about um, drill music from Chicago, um, people always want to highlight Chicago, but don't want to talk about where the gun's coming from. Just like um, Frederick said, um, where are the drugs coming from? You don't, you don't want to highlight the whole issue. You just want to talk about the hot button topic. Um, and drill music is a form of, uh, of, of resistance. That's what I always, I always hear coming out of it, um, the story of the people. So um, I always hear um, and, and take the time to think of you know, the poets, um, the storytellers, the writers, um, the fact that Kendrick Lamar is a Pulitzer winner um, and one of the most, um, I think one of the songs that I love the most, that is the, the biggest revolutionary song is him saying, I love myself. And that's the whole song. Just, I love myself. I love everything about me. He has a whole song talking about his nose being wide and you just going to get what you get. Um, and I think that it's always that, um, unbridled, you know, confidence that always, always scares people. And I love it. So. I'm so grateful of how we've presented hip hop and really have put in a perspective that folks may not have thought about because folks are exactly right. It, we are very lucky that hip hop came out of that time and that era. Folks are very lucky that we aren't looking for revenge. We really just want to be left alone because if we were looking for revenge, it'd be some lit shit going on. And that's just facts on facts because we are talking about people who have hung us, who have castrated us, who have captured our women, locked them in houses for weeks, have done obscene things, taken out people's uteruses while they went to get a doctor, giving people syphilis, some real outlandish shit, like really outlandish things. And as we speak about getting those cornerstones from hip hop, and I'm so glad you brought up drill music, Josh, because if people peep the sounds and the tempo of where different people are in different states, for everything that's going on in Chicago, their music sounds exactly like what's going on there with that same type of, uh, it's 
fucked up here and it had that bass that loud but it's a king louis where you're going through 300 team where you're going through sosa little reese at g herbo those folks that that sound that's what's going on there when you used to hear a last poets a rakim a krs one a nas that was the time in the era a red man if you're from jersey and you take it to the south and you hear a ugk a bankhead a ti these folks a young buck the sounds coming out of memphis they, they are reflecting what's happening, what's happening amongst us in different places. And as we give and as we try and be anything that's want to be censored or stopped, it's important. Whenever they go as far as to attempt to stop it or handicap it or sugarcoat it, it's because you're on to something. You're exactly right. When we started fucking with ourselves, when Black Power came out, when it went from conks and perms to afros to people got nervous. Whoa what's what's going on they they like what they got going on and it's but then it's like okay once we start liking ourselves they then pick up on it it's frustrating in that dynamic that you tell us our stuff is shit but then you manipulate you attempt to replicate it but you can't you cannot be us it's 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 complex how we make oppression look good and folks trying to understand how are we doing this? How the fuck are they doing this? They should be, they should be nothing. They should really just be hopeless. And out of the beginning of that hopeless came blues and jazz. Then everything else that came after, leading up to rap. And I think it's important as we speak about the spook that sat by the door. For folks watching, if you haven't seen it, you don't, there's nothing else you need to be watching. You need that's the next drip, that's the next movie in your queue on your watch. So you got your Judas, the Black Messiahs. You should have watched the Fred Hampton documentary that came out before that to add context to it. If you watch Billie Holiday, you should watch the same thing that's going on. The United States is after this woman for a song. A song about what's going on. She's not lying. There is strange fruit hanging from the tree. Literally, there are people hanging from a tree. And as we speak about platforms, I think it's important for, like I'm 24, folks in my generation to understand that the terrain has changed, but the game has not. It's not. We cannot. It's not the same thing. You could be out there in the 60s and the 70s with bare arms. They're going to flip the script on you. If we would have did what happened January 6th, they would have sprayed it. We know for a fact. They would have sprayed it. At the time in the 60s, they, they at least they'd come up to, okay, they got arms. We got arms. We're going to have a standoff. No, now they can manipulate any narrative very quickly. So we can't come with that. But it's what you're doing in your classrooms. The kids on TikTok showing up. They bought they, they thought they had a sold out event. Wasn't a damn person there. So these okie dokes, the things that we're doing, we have to now be more conscious about what we're doing and educating ourselves with what we're doing. Because there's a lot of there's so much going on to where you can't fall for the trap. Because it's it's a trap. That's what we all know. It's a setup. Everything is set up for it to go left for you or to put you in some sort of sticky predicament. So as we maneuver these things, we wanted to end with self-care in the midst of this because we're on a journey. It's going to be some shit for some time, but we have to. I appreciate the folks in South Carolina when they ran down. He tried to punk my boy out on the street and the whole team showed up the next day. You're going to jump who? Well, come out. I have that same barefoot energy you had yesterday. Today, you had your shorty in the back. You had sis on the other side. Y'all was talking all this. I, 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 my mans. But now we're here. You went outside, you feel scared. You cannot be a cop and be scary. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you cannot also be a cop and think that you're going back to the suburbs and you coming here to play Starsky and Hutch with us. This is not GTA, okay? 
This is real life. These are people's lives. And what we're talking. These are people. This is not a game. It's not a get on the floor. I, I'm a person. I'm grown as fuck. This isn't that. So I'll tag it, Miss Ife, to bring us to a self care so we end on a lighter note. <laughs> well, I the, actually, we want to embrace you all for, for coming today. And just like on a word of self care, what, what do you all do for yourselves? to sustain um, and stay resilient through this? I meditate and, and speak with my ancestors um, as, as much as possible. Um, and I just really, I ask for guidance um, because they're inside of me. Um, they've, en they've endured, um, you know, and um, I think it's very important that, you know, we, tap into something that is not empirical, that we can't see, taste, touch, or, or hear, or, or is tangible, intangible, um, because, you know, without them, we wouldn't be who we are, and they need us just as much as we need them, and it's a two-way street, and so they're depending on us, and we're depending on them, and sometimes my, my, my cognition, you know, as, as smart as I think that I am, and so forth, my cognition is just you know, it's not up for the challenge or can't find the solution or or has a really erratic, radical solution as, as the sister was saying and so forth. And sometimes I feel like just burning shit down, you know? Um, and I can understand why people have done that in the, my, in the past, you know? I don't, you know, advocate it and so forth, but I understand, I can empathize with that, you know? And I know I can't take that that route and so forth, but if I do, it'd be my, it'd be my last, like my last ruhaha, my last stand. You know, um, and that's not my call at this point. And so uh, for my healing and so forth, I, I, I meditate and then talk to my ancestors. Uh, I, I put on my arm, this this is from, from the novel Roots. And so, uh, well, Baba's for my granddaughter, she called me Baba, but Karabe, they ask that the youth ask the elder in the, in the novel in, in, in um, Mandinka language, Karabe, do you have peace? And the elders respond, Karadurong, peace only. And so, I mean, that's a real true mantra for myself. And I really ask my ancestors for, for help and for guidance. Um, for me, uh, I guess in the quotes of Shakespeare, words of Shakespeare, music is my food of love. So my meditation is either through listening or writing. Um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts that, that just, I, I just can't keep in, whether I'm recording to share share out to the public or just to get it out. Um, there's, there's, there are lots of things that nobody will ever see. I just, or, you know, they'll probably be in a time capsule. So I, I, try, to, I try to use music. And um, in addition, I, I do like to, um, I wanna make sure I, I understand my history better. So I do um, lot, lots of reading and studying um, until I need a break. Cause they're, they're, you know, reading history can be, can be depressing for me. Um, watching, watching some of the like I've, I've watched Billie Holiday's um, documentary. I've watched a couple of the Billie Holiday's documentaries. I love her, and it, it as good as it is, it's depressing to me. Um, I'm sort of I, I, I'm like panicking to watch Judas because I already know what mode I'm going to be in. You know, I'm already going to put the hoodie on and ready to be on the front line by the time I'm, I'm done with that. But um, I, I, yeah, I use music for for a way of release, and I and I try to 
just keep educating myself to make sure that um and and, and the, um you know my writing and my planning for my students is to make sure you know in 20 30 years it will be better because we, we i don't think there's going to be a solution if there was a solution it would have been done already you know so as long as we are progressing um so when my niece or you know my 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 other my 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 younger relatives become adults you know they 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 will have their voice the, their voice will be heard um and hopefully they'll be living better so um yeah music and 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 educating myself um i'm gonna jump in because i want i want don to have the last word um i think this <laughs> conversations with people um definitely of like-minded um helps so much so i always say having a team relying on other people because um no person is an island um i, I think that definitely helps major um, and um, just like how Devon was saying, um, consume some knowledge. So I know for me, I can get tired reading, but I always listen to like eBooks. So I'll, I'll try to put something in on my car so I can be consuming some kind of knowledge or some kind of um, um, information, documentaries. Um, uh, meditation, I'm trying to get into it. So I think it is definitely real to have a sense of spirituality, whether that's you believing in God, whether that's you um, believing in ancestors or doing both, because we can do all of these things, um, as well as meditating and taking that time for yourself to unplug. Um, I think that's definitely major. Um, and last, I, I try to do this more often where you, you speak up, because at times it is definitely tough when you're like, I don't want to be a, the only black delegate right here speaking um, but I feel like when you recognize that you're in certain positions and places for a reason, um, it's really because a lot of us have been chosen to be at that situation at that certain time. Um, and even if you feel like you don't speak in that moment when you need to, you can always bring it back and follow up with something that happens. I think it's important to um, speak on, um, you know, what's put on our heart. So. That's important for me. Yeah, Pete. I mean, I think I think it's important for us to release because we, we we take in so much, and I think for men sometimes we get into the habit of of swallowing pain, um, and it shows up in our body in, in in different ways. So I think it's important for us to release. And so one of the ways I release, like I go outside and walk or run, um, and just be in nature now that the the weather is 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 nice, um, and then every Saturday. I meet with a group of, of, of men. Um, shout out to Eric Ray, um, who runs this group, the, the Black Obsidian Men's Group. It's for anyone who identifies as a black man to come together at 10 o'clock. We start with the moment of silence, call upon the ancestors. We do um, a practice of um, Tai Chi, you know, virtually um, to kind of center ourselves and ground ourselves. And we have discussions based on prompts and we end with affirmations and we give, we, each other and give the farewell uh, and, and come into agreement with, with Ashe, right? On these affirmations that we set out and speak into existence, you know, every week. And, and that, that's a space for me to kind of be grounded, to be able to release and to also be able to kind of recharge and heal in order for me to go into the next week. So I think it's important that all, you know, the brothers here talked about meditation and forms of release because we can't continue to swallow the pain and not expect it to, to impact us. Um, and so I think, again, we gotta release, meditate, write, yell, 
whatever we need to do to let that energy out of our bodies. Okay, we're going to end the podcast. I want to thank you all, Don Sawyer, Devon Glover, Frederick Douglass Knowles, and Josh Brown. We're honored to have two Connecticut poet laureates, Black men poet laureates in Crackerville. Wonderful. Devon doing Sonnet Man. Like, like if, if y'all ain't seen his website, like, check out how he... he turns around the Shakespearean sonnets. And Don, for your work that you do at Quinnipiac, we thank you. We embrace you all and appreciate your time. This is Elm City Lit Fest, and we will see you in two weeks. Blessings, everyone. Thank you for Stay resilient. Us. Thank you, brothers. Peace, peace. In the meantime, until the next time, stay safe and stay sharp. Yes, you too. Thank you. Peace, y'all. One love, brothers. Peace and love, y'all. Peace and love. Bye.